blessings of love and respect we offer to all in times past and present who have opened the doors of wisdom, reuniting all beings with their intrinsic purity. And in this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. The recitation of this rosary ever expands the awakening of faith in the three jewels, Bodhi, Karma, and Sangha. Bodhi, Gachami, Dutyampi, Tatyampi, Sadaha. I turn to the perfect nature of truth for guidance. Again and yet again, thank be so. Dharma, Saranam, Gachami, Dutyampi, Tatyampi, Sadaha. I turn to the teachings for guidance. Again and yet again, may it be so. Sangam Saranam Gachami, Dutyampi Tatyampi Saha. I turn to the Holy Order for guidance. Again and yet again, may it be so. And in this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. Dukkaha. The noble truth of suffering. Dukkha Samadaya. The noble truth of the origin of suffering. Dukkha Niroda. The noble truth of the extinction of suffering. Dukkha Niroda. Gamini Pratipada. The noble truth of the path that leads to the extinction of suffering. So long as these four noble truths are not understood, we shall wander in sorrow and ignorance. In this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. All formations are transient and initial. All formations are subject to suffering, to dukkha. All things are without the self and not the self. And in this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. Namo Krishna Paramita Vidaya. Homage to the wisdom in the heart. Form is not different from emptiness. Emptiness is not different from form. This is the teaching of our spiritual ancestors, Gautama Buddha, and all the great teachers who have transmitted the Dharma to this holy day. Blessed is the knowledge of emptiness. Homage to the devotees of this and all paths of self-purification. May all find simplicity the joyous and practical guide. The Dharma, being the content of enlightenment, in which there is no bondage and no suffering, offers freedom from the cankers of ignorance and fear. In this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. 
Sambhava is the holy order of spiritual ancestors, monks, priests, and all those who follow and practice this path. Homage to the Sangha. Homage to all who are approaching this holy path. Homage to all who follow and establish this holy path. In this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. By our compassionate comprehension that dissipates delusion, by compassionate aspiration that harms no one, by compassionate speech that makes for clarity, by compassionate self-discipline that brings no regret, by compassionate livelihood that brings no discredit, by compassionate endeavor that results in goodness, by compassionate mindfulness that proves its path, by compassionate awareness that leads to nirvana. In this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. With this recitation, I do confirm my acceptance of these three pure precepts. The precept of restraint and religious observances. The precept of obedience to all other laws. The precept to benefit all sentient beings. In this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. With this recitation, I do confirm my acceptance of these ten great prohibited precepts. Not to lead a harmful life, nor to encourage others to do so. Not to take that which is not given. Not to commit or participate in unchaste conduct. Not, not to tell lies nor practice believing the fantasies of authority. Not, not to use intoxicating drinks or narcotics, nor assist others to do so. Not, not to publish other people's faults. Not, not to extol oneself and slander others. Not, not to be avaricious in the soul of the teachings. Not to be angry. Not, not to speak ill of this religion or any other. In, in this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. In the practice of loving kindness, in the practice of pure attention, in the practice of ever-expanding faith, in the practice of constant devotion, in the practice of inquiry through correct jnana. In this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. Oh, happy blessed day! Oh, happy blessed place! Oh, happy blessed time. Oh, happy.
happy blessed opportunity. In this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. Here, in humble submission, in order to experience this most perfect now, I deeply vow and sacrifice all thoughts, all tensions, all pressures, and desires. I am Lord Karma. I am Lord Karma. I abide in Karma, and I am supported by Karma. Whatever I do creates Karma, and I shall surely experience this Karma. The merit for all good acts I do freely offer to all beings. Dutyampi tatyampi sabha. Again and yet again may it be so. Willingness is the name of the key to the gate of awakening. For even to awaken from deep sleep and face the new day, there must be the willingness to do it. Here in my hand is the opportunity, and the way is clear beyond the gate of thought and desire. There is no self and other, as the awareness of pure, undisturbed consciousness slips into all consciousness.
Well, um, I'm feeling very excited about seeing a little bit more uh, about authenticity and the parasite. Okay, <laughs> so you're interested and excited about seeing the difference between authenticity and the parasite. Yeah. All right. And I, you know, we did this exercise yesterday of going outside to, to um, well, you know, with our experience of everything as the Buddha and how we see that expressed. And I, I was very powerful. And um, uh, one of the most powerful aspects of it, though, was what happened with. Um, at the beginning of the exercise, hearing that voice of, that's just so familiar and it's so easy to believe that's me. Uh, you know, I, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. You know, I know how this is going to go. You know, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And it's so easy to just slip into thinking that's me. And yet there is uh, mm. that willingness and the support of Sangha to do it and then to have like an incredible experience and realize, oh my God, that had nothing to do with me. 
mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And to just really um, see the juxtaposition of those two experiences mm-hmm. ever more clearly. Yes, so the, the exercise was everything is the Buddha, go uh-huh. find your experience. Uh-huh. And you're watching that familiar process that you identify as I, mm-hmm. that doesn't want to do it, that thinks it's stupid, and all of that. And yet there's each, the training that kicks in that allows you to go, well, that's what you're feeling or thinking or doing, but what I'm going to go really do is go do this exercise. Mm-hmm. And watching that shift in experience from an identification with the I mm-hmm. that does not want to and think it's stupid mm-hmm. to the Buddha nature mm-hmm. and the realization of that Buddha nature, mm-hmm. which completely transforms our experience. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. And here's an important uh, practice, especially one that I've been doing recently, that might help. Because I think it's Thomas uh, mentioned this yesterday about if everything is the Buddha, mm-hmm. the way the way, the way to bring the attention or the awareness back to an identification with what we are mm-hmm. truly or what is us truly mm-hmm. is to move into the inquiry of what does that? What says I don't want to? Uh-huh. Yes. Because only the conscious yeah. awareness, the intelligence mm-hmm. that animates, mm-hmm. animating everything, mm-hmm. is everything. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I am ego, yeah. but the intelligence is, is also behind that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not a state that we have to change. It's just a shift in attention. A shift in attention. That when it goes out, yeah. It goes away from, mm-hmm. but it is still what is doing. It's still what it's doing. Yeah, I, I mean, and that that seems to be what the experience was. Yeah, there was no having to do. That's what was so kind of exciting about it. There was just no having to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't any striving to like I'm going to get out of this bad mood. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was none of that. Uh-huh. It was just kind of showing up and then have what is authentic. Yes, it's just yes to be available. Well, and that's also mm-hmm. such an important point, right, Sakura? Because what what you're what you're pointing to is we always are, uh-huh. and we're always that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so there's no efforting to be that because yeah. that's what we are. Yeah. Yeah. And so then. What, you're, what, we, what we experience in the training is, it's just a shift of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is the attention on what I'm not, and therefore that's mm-hmm. my experience, mm-hmm. or is the attention on, on what I am, and is that my experience? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there isn't a, I'm doing that, it's just yeah. simply a shift of attention to resting on being. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and, and yes, and it just seems like that's going to happen. And I've had a couple, more than a couple of experiences with that lately. Of just mm-hmm. like, wow, what happened? <laughs> There's just like a, I, is it a 180 where you just, you know, not a 360, you're turning off whatever, you know? <laughs> and, and it's just geometry was not my strong okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, 
suddenly it's like, whoa, what happened? Yeah. And, it, and uh, yeah, and again, it doesn't feel like a doing. It's just like, whoa, something just, yeah, just, <laughs> yes, just, just so, yes. Away and just, yes, yeah. Well, and a, a way in which Sherry's been talking about that lately is um, when the agitation of the mind subsides. Mm-hmm. What is that? Mm-hmm. Is our ability? Is the experience or the ability to experience being mm-hmm. as a state? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it takes a lot of practice because we we do have to practice redirecting the attention, uh-huh. expanding the awareness, redirecting yeah. the attention, expanding the awareness, yeah. redirecting the attention, mm-hmm. expanding yeah. the awareness, yeah. in order to be able to rest. Uh, in order for attention to rest on awareness mm-hmm. as our default, as our default. Yeah. rather than attention on the agitation of the mind as yeah, the default. The default. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's big right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it seems like a, a simple shift, but the underlying practice that, yeah, to, to get to that place of yes. being available for that shift. And there was one other thing that happened last night that, that, that this is so curious to me. Um, so I knew it was, I, uh, uh, there was a, uh, it was a difficult night in a lot of ways because you know <laughs> difficult <laughs> night, difficult night, night you know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there was uh, so, but something happened during the night. It, there was some difficulty sleeping and all that, and then. Um, I it, something happened. It just made me wonder how it even uh, our physical body is manipulated for mm-hmm. uh, yes parasite for the parasites. Use, yes, mm-hmm. you know. And I just saw that I, I was um, there was a one point in the night I was fed an image of what was happening to my uh, my leg. You know, and it it seemed like that really happened, and I was like, "Wait a minute! No, it didn't happen. My leg hasn't moved. <laughs> it didn't have that experience that the image I was just fed. That's not what happened." And then I could just see that. Wow! I wonder how much that happens mm-hmm. as I move around through the day that I am being fed information about mm-hmm. this body and how it's feeling and what it's doing and that it's just completely mm. um, maybe not not in alignment with yeah and it's such a wonderful um, you know we say awareness practice is fun and everybody rolls their eyes <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. it's yeah. only it's not fun when when I'm having that conversation of yeah. oh my god what a difficult night I, I'm having uh-huh. Uh-huh. but when we have experiences where the clouds part and it and there's information that's allowed to drop in uh-huh. to see how we're controlled yeah. now that excitement that you started yeah. us off with okay mm-hmm. well I'm on I'm I'm looking here this yeah. is an ex- Experiment because I'm aware of the extent to which my reality, mm-hmm. not just my experience of life, but my experience of this body, yeah. may or may not be real. Yeah, yeah, maybe being manipulated and being manipulated. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, uh, wow. That's not okay. <laughs> or it is. Or it is. Yeah. You have to just, um, you have to just get a little clearer look at that. And yeah. say, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah, and we're not looking for answers, right? Like, yeah. what is reality? Yeah. That's a head yeah. question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, 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 right. But just, wow, yeah. let me dance with consciousness mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. yeah. That's a different perspective. Yeah, that's a different perspective. Anyway, thank you. Rebecca. Um, I'm so glad you mentioned that phrase of the agitation of the mind. Because, so um, I want to, I saw something through one of the evening assignments. One, the one that said, um, what prevents you from recognizing or accepting your own Buddhahood? Yeah. And the... Um, it's one of those times where I don't know what's more fun to talk about the process of how this happened or the actual content, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we have all the time in this group. Yeah. <laughs> like the now. So whatever now. you want to. Both, in fact. Yeah, I bet they're yeah. so intertwined. So I've been in this, in this workshop uh, kind of simultaneously for the last little while um, around entertainment. Mm-hmm. Entertainment. Entertainment. Here? Well, about a month ago, I was not here. I was out visiting. Thanks for clarifying that. And it, when I'm out visiting family, that there's just things to watch, you know, with the TVs the size of walls practically everywhere I go, you know, and and um, and on the airplane itself, and. Um, and what I noticed, and it's always a workshop to see what happens. So I noticed when I came back, the mind's just, it's like feeding it candy. Mm-hmm. And then watching, it's like feeding the body candy and then just watching it has to sort of dis- get it out of its system. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it happens always around the first few days when I come back to the monastery. And it's not even just watching TV or watching movies and stuff, it's just the interaction and the downtown atmosphere and the just the, you know? And so that's the agitation of the mind. And what I, what I saw was um, the, there is a way that without that settling down, I cannot settle into the, this is a very imprecise way of saying it, but it's the, um, the recognition of Buddhahood because not that there's anything wrong with that way of being either. It's just that it's harder for the awareness to expand, to hold it all when it's actually being experienced in the system. Mm-hmm. So if I'm following, I project what you're pointing to is the process of attention is not on awareness. Attention is on the, stimulate, the stimulation and all the thoughts and behaviors and feelings. And so it's harder, if attention is not on awareness, to experience awareness. Yeah, well, because it seems so crowded with yeah. all of those scenes. Of, yeah, and yeah. even if you're not watching it, it's still the movie it's still playing. Because yeah. that's what I have said the yes. mind. Yes. This is what the entertainment element is. It's like, what are you feeding the mind? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you feeding it the Emmys? You know, or if, or you, you know, I mean, but in there, there's a way that even watching a sunset can be uh, entertaining because it's a process mm-hmm. of leaving 
um, oh, you know, if I'm with a conversation about the sunset, it's just as mm-hmm. much an entertainment as watching, you know, Mad Men or you know anything. You know, it's so it's so it's um, it's the process, right? The, and the process you're re- referencing is attention on conditioned mind. Yes, which is a conversation about whatever is going on. And I think they're really, really important, which is why the whole monastic structure is created this way, and I'm sure everyone here will experience it. When you have an evening with nothing to do, right? There's a way in which you can feel uh, the reverse when you haven't had candy and you're detoxing. Yeah, exactly. That, That once you feed it, it feels satisfied because there's a familiarity of the experience, yeah. and then when that stimulus is removed, you can feel you can feel the experience of the withdrawal. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's just exactly like the drug. You know, once you take it, you're fine for a while. You know, yeah. and then you need more, and, and more, and more, and more, and more. Yeah, and you can reverse that process by going to one and bringing on detox. Exactly, yeah. and, and, and it's painful. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, mm-hmm. and that's why. Um, you know, the, the word we use in our precepts is the prohibitive precept, and I was making that connection with that sort of agitation of the mind constantly yeah. is prohibitive, not prohibited, because we can do yeah. it as long as we want, but prohibitive mm-hmm. of the recognition of one's Buddhahood. Yeah. Restraint and religious observance. Yes. And it's not that, so it's not that going out and, you know, uh, partaking of entertainment every few months for a short period of time and then experiencing the jitters when I come. It's not that that in itself is prohibitive, but if I were to be living in that the way I used to, just a constant diet of it, that that would be prohibitive, you know? And so it, it was just so good to see. It's very much like, you know, those the diets that focus the body on burning more, comp- like a, those high-fat, low-carb diets that say there's a, there's a more, uh, there's a deeper, steadier burn of energy if you get off of that and go into that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, the similar thing with the mind. It's like go into silence. I promise you, there's a steadier burn of way of being mm-hmm. yeah. that's more uh, sustaining and pleasurable, and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, what you're pointing to, if I may reflect that, right, Rebecca, is the is really what the precepts are pointing to. There isn't a right way to do something or a wrong way to do something. As you're pointing out, you could live in movies and TV and high stimulus environments and all of that. And then if you do that, you have one experience. Mm -hmm. And so if you're clear that what you're looking for is a state of well-being that is not conditional, Mm -hmm. then you have to put yourself into an experience of training Mm -hmm. which allows you to develop the skill that assists you to do that. Mm -hmm. And putting yourself into environments that are not conducive to assist you to Mm -hmm. train that way is really the choice of whether or not you stay, you, you do that or you don't. It's not moral. It's not a moral issue, and the precepts don't don't talk about that. It's not whether it's right or wrong, or you're a good person for doing it, or you're a bad person for doing it. But if you choose that the focus of your life is going to be the ability to rest in unconditional love and acceptance, mm-hmm. then you have to train to do that because we have a tremendous amount of of conditioning 
that puts our default into something other than that. Exactly. Which is why I choose not to put myself in those situations. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a a foray is a good way of of giving us uh, an assessment of how well trained we are. Yeah, exactly. And as far as I can tell, rather harmless in that way, as long as it's all, as long as we practice with everything. I mean, everything is okay. Yeah. 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 That it's harmless uh, as long as we're we're bringing it into the realm of our awareness, right? Where you're watching everything, watching what happens. And uh, one of my teachers used to say, frequency, intensity, and recovery, sign of progress, right? How frequently do I get identified? How easily do I come out of the identification? And how often does that happen? Mm -hmm. Right? So yeah, if my training shows when I can put myself into those situations and realize, well, yeah, God identified with that one. What did I learn from it? And can I redirect the attention mm-hmm. and recover from that identification and see what I see? Thank you. Tom. Yes, um, if, um, if everything is to Buddha and sitting in meditation, um, every distraction, every pain, every itch, everything that I am able to drop and say it's okay, not only is it okay, it's sacred. Yes. And feeling the sacredness of the distractions. Yes. That means feeling the sacredness of suffering. Yes. Well, and, and I project what you're pointing to, right? So I'm sitting in meditation and I feel all these things, distraction and pain and a conversation, and I notice that and I drop it. And there's a way in which all of it is held in that experience of everything is the Buddha, which means that all of it is sacred, and therefore suffering is sacred. Mm-hmm. It's quite a moving experience. Isn't it? Yes, it's quite a moving experience. Because I, uh, I think what you're pointing to, Tom, and that, that's the place of confusion that we can, we can fall into is, it's not that the content is sacred, mm-hmm. right? It's right. not that the bug is sacred, the pain is sacred, the... Uh, the suffering is sacred. Mm-hmm. I am in a process of an orientation of sacredness. Mm-hmm. And from that, my experience of everything is sacred. Yes. And that takes that takes the confusion out of it, right? Because we can debate forever if egocentric karmic conditioning self-hate is sacred or not. It would. <laughs> right? Yes. That's what it does. But, it, but then it's it, and that entire movement is one of looking at everything through content rather than attention on the process. And I would project that if you're in that orientation, you're not suffering. That's really what the moving part of it is. Right. I'm in sacredness. You're in sacredness. So, so, so you can watch how that is being made into content as well yeah. and bring your attention back oh, yes, yes. all together mm-hmm. yeah. yeah thank you listen to um i had trouble sleeping last night um as well and i um was noticing the difference between having trouble sleeping here and when i'm at home having trouble sleeping and um <laughs> Here it's like 
night or day, it doesn't matter if I sleep or I don't sleep. In in my um, perception, you mm-hmm. know, if I'm tired during the day, oh well, and you know, if, if I listen to the night noises and I saw skunks, uh-huh. <laughs> and skunks. But they're so precious, they make so much noise <laughs> going through the leaves because they're little tummy, they're right there. And so they're being they generous. <laughs> they, they're yes. being generous, letting you know. I mean, I thought there was something huge out there. And I show my flashlight outside the hermitage, and there's this little tiny thing, you know. And he went, oh, oh, and turned around and went the other way when he saw my light. But, um, so, um, so I was having fun, you know, I don't know what time it was, it didn't matter how many times I had to get up to pee or, you know, whether anything. Uh-huh. When I'm home, you know, there's something I gotta do, and this is in the way, and the dog is so heavy on my legs, and the room is too hot or too cold or something, there's like a resistance to um, not being able to sleep because of some overlying agenda about the way it should be. Uh-huh, yeah. And um, it, it actually feels like a physical feeling of closeness at home. Like, I don't have as much room. I mean, I live in a little house next to a river in a huge, you know, there's plenty of room, <laughs> but it's the feeling of um, of being um, confined, mm-hmm. and um, so it was great to see that here, and, and I'll be practicing with that when I get home. Yeah. Um, one more thing. May I reflect that, yeah. or is it related? It's sort of related, but. Well, so just to catch up with you and yeah. catch everyone else up, right? <laughs> so the, the the workshop or what you're observing and noticing is the difference between not being able to sleep here versus not being able to sleep at home. And there's curiosity, there's interest. I would project acceptance in, in being here and not being able to sleep. Mm-hmm. You're just here with a wakefulness. Right, you hear the sounds of the night. You go investigating skunks. You okay? <laughs> you need to go use the facilities. Mm-hmm. It's 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 sort of like there's no as you're saying the difference being at home. It feels like there's an an addition on top of the experience, which is constantly reminding you that this is not how it should be, mm-hmm. and that experience is feeling confined. Mm-hmm. And so I project in the, if if you extend that what your what you might say is what is added is the conversation about that is not your experience here here it's all right I'm just with the fact that I'm not asleep mm-hmm. I'm with the fact that I'm tired and there's a level of embracing the experience by being with it that is not your experience at home. And I love what you said about how confined it feels, mm-hmm. because to me that is such a classic experience of an identification, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. ego is a limit, mm-hmm. and we feel trapped, we feel limited because mm-hmm. there's a way I project that expansiveness that you experience in acceptance 
is your true experience. Mm. And when that expansiveness is collapsed because of the limitation of how it should be, I experience that as being confined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is it more and more? It's, yes. It's, it's, it's not. Yes. It's than a 180. <laughs> if everything and all is the Buddha, then my experience of ego is divine dissatisfaction. I don't want mm-hmm. to be confined. Mm-hmm. I know the experience of what this is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been practicing with fear mm-hmm. for a long time. <laughs> Um, one of the biggies for me and the way it feels with practice and I even picture my own doorway with this I hear a knock on the door really insistent I open the door and there's a monster standing there and I go ah, and slam the door uh-huh. and then, then you know 50 times later I open the door there's a monster and I see a little tuft of hair coming out of the, the um, head of the monster. Uh-huh. Or a little price tag. And I go, oh, I notice it. I go, oh, slam the door. And after 50 more times, I see, you know, a little more clothing coming out. And the mask is kind of sideways. And the pants are falling down. And... So after practice, I see it's not a monster, mm-hmm. but something dressed as a monster. Yeah. And I'm more and more. It's like compassion. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my goodness, I've been slamming the the door in your face every time, mm-hmm. and and <coughs> wanting to. Um, the shift is happening to with repetition to um, seeing the illusory nature of the fear yes that is so I think you're pointing us to something really important first of all you recognize fear then you choose to practice with it and every encounter is a workshop Mm -hmm. right and so there's that the importance of uh, persistence, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Because because it's something that has had uh, centuries and centuries of karma behind it that's manifesting in your willingness to transcend that. And so, 50 times I shut the door on that monster and experience the sensations of fear, but every single time I choose to encounter it, I'm building the muscle that allows me to open the door the next time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's that that's really the process point in all practice is. Whereas before you could be told not even to look at it. I'm building the muscle to be able to be present to it, mm-hmm. even though the door slams, even though it's still a monster. But my willingness allows me to be more and more and more present to what it actually is rather than not being willing to encounter it and notice. So we build our muscle of awareness as we encounter it and that's what the repetition is about because it does change our experience which is what you're pointing to. As I practice with it, as I am more and more willing to be present to it, I see it for what it is 
And what I thought it was isn't it anymore, mm-hmm. any longer. Mm-hmm. And the fear can be replaced by compassion. Mm-hmm. And I would project, listen, that, that the compassion is much more for... Um, compassion would be your experience of presence. As we were talking with Tom, we don't feel compassion for fear. We just feel compassion as, as our experience in the absence of what calls it a monster. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is our experience. Mm-hmm. And we can have a tremendous compassion for the person who was stuck in that relationship and being tortured by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, if we can just stick to it and show up, that's the pattern we notice across anything we choose to practice with. It alters our relationship of our perception of it, which is what awareness is. I don't see it for what it is. So I practice the awareness that allows me to see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you. And I'm a little bit ago, I heard a recorded beep. I don't know if we need a reminder about not recording groups. Oh, I thought you thought the recorder was not recording. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, uh, just briefly, so one of our assignments last night around everything is the Buddha was to do a two-handed recording exercise with an aspect of ourselves that's outside of the circle of acceptance. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I did the assignment and had a really amazing experience with it, which is, um, so I chose something that there's a lot of kind of, uh, like, aversion, like, disgust uh, around, and just really went for it with the right hand, and <laughs> got it all out, and talked about what it's like in that experience. And when I listened back in the left hand, I, what, um, as I was listening, it was as if that Buddha in the corner was saying it. Uh-huh. And so it was like um, not being identified with me, but that that experience, uh, of course the Buddha in the corner could be saying it because everything is the Buddha and that experience that that person's having isn't outside of that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it sounds like you really made the shift in the looking, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the right hand, yeah. uh, the right hand is never, a, I mean, the person who is held at a distance or there's something about her mm-hmm. that is unacceptable mm-hmm. only experiences the separation. Exactly. Right? She's not allowed to say even what yeah. it is that yeah. is going on for her. Mm-hmm. She's just condemned to be in the corner. Yeah. Isolated yeah. as disgusting. Yes. And so there's a chance for her to speak. Yes. And just that movement brings her out of that corner, yeah. that isolation, that separation, yeah. into the circle of acceptance. Yeah. Because she's not being held outside of it. Right. And and once that happens, and we listen to the left hand, we are we are looking at the Buddha talking. Yeah. And the Buddha listening. Yes. If we make that shift. Yeah. 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 It was really that shift. And and as I listened and it was like listening to the Buddha talking, it was um, uh, what 
what that left hand was able to say was, can you see how ego is projecting all of these aspects of itself onto you, all these processes of aversion and separation, and about how all of life is acceptable to life. Yes. Like, this isn't my experience of you. Right. This is ego projecting yeah. onto you. Yes. Yeah. Well, and what you're pointing to clearly is, I think, I think someone said it yesterday in group, which is, through the lens of self-hate, mm-hmm. nothing is the Buddha. Mm-hmm. Through the lens of the Buddha, everything is the Buddha, yeah. right? And that's the switch that we're training to make. Yeah. And so the Buddha can tell that person caught in the belief of the messages of self-hate, yeah. can you see that? Yeah. And I think that's, that was the sort of crux of the assignment yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how are you stopped from believing you're the Buddha? Yes. Always comes down to the fact that there's a self-hating message that says, mm-hmm. if you contain an aspect of ego, mm-hmm. you cannot be Buddha nature. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's mistaken identity, yes. right? If I identify with ego, mm-hmm. then that's that's the perspective I have. But if I identify with the perspective that everything is the Buddha, mm-hmm. then... I'm, I'm able to see the identification as part of, yes. not outside of, yes. that. And then we have what we were talking about with Tom. Yeah, yeah. And amazing that we have the, the tool and the steps to make those choices. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless yes, you. yes. Bless you. Um, so, yes, to, to have the right hand and to make the shift to the left hand. Yes. To help us make that shift of attention. Yes. Well, and I, to me, that's the, the notion of everything is the Buddha as the teacher, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That allows us to make those movements. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like if the barrier to love wasn't there, yeah. it's like we wouldn't be so, we wouldn't be called to make the shift yeah. to love in the same way yes <laughs> that that there is a consciousness mm-hmm. of an absence of love exactly which then can restore mm-hmm. to love yep. what is outside of love yeah and that whole process is love <laughs> and the whole process is love yeah, yeah. lovely and i just want to express you for the practice weekend i just it's just so fabulous to have everybody come and, and practice here. Oh, yeah. And there's something about um, being able to see the Buddha nature in people who come to practice here so easily and so clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just that like the, 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 the triumph of the human spirit, that miracle of willingness. Um, and, you know, like just realizing every time we put the earbuds in, it's a miracle. Every time, you know, we go beyond... Uh, the um, the ego voice of I don't want to do the assignment or whatever it is it's just such a miracle and there's something about everybody being here and doing it together that's just yes. brings that home in a big way yes mm-hmm. well that and I think what you're pointing at right Anna is that it's a miracle that we do we transcend those that resistance in our mind yeah and to be in in a, a situation where the very fact that everyone came here yeah. is an example of that triumph of the human spirit, exactly. right? And it mirrors for us yeah. that the, the seeking is happening at some level in every node of intelligence that yeah. there is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then to, to, to experience mm-hmm. that, to be in the process of that individually and collectively, exactly. it's an elixir, right? Mm-hmm. It's quite, uh, 
intoxicating. Yeah, yeah, it's the best time. So it's the best time. So great. So thank you for everyone <laughs> here, um, presence here today. Laura, I'm sorry, Tom, and then Laura. Um, very happy to be here. Happy to make it for the practice weekend too. Um, and I really, it really touched me to focus of everything is the Buddha on including myself in that. That touched me a lot, and it brought the karma forward for me of uh, since I was a little boy, always having relationships with the focus on the other person, never the focus on me. And um, and so having that way of encountering everything and structuring things in that way, finding a way to move away from that, to move more to, you know, uh, what I was told was, and it resonates a lot with me, is, you know, love, compassion, kindness, no one's like that. And so the value of that uh, just makes this weekend for me, Mm -hmm. because that's what I'm up against so often, is that Loving love and kindness and compassion is for everybody else. For me, there's just whatever's left over. So it's so helpful to see the opposite. Being here and seeing everyone living from a different place than what I normally see and what I normally hear. Um, Just seeing that all around me has been very, very helpful. Yes. So what what I project you're seeing... Right, Tom, is that we're conditioned. The conditioning is in order to, that, that love is for the other person. In fact, the way I experience love is by giving it, hoping that somebody returns it to me, right? That, that, that it's, a, it's an outward movement which does not include this. And so everything is the Buddha being inclusive of this is a completely different orientation. And I love the way you phrased it. It's not that it's not about them. And it's only about me. It's that everybody is included. And that's a very different orientation because it's easy for this to go, well, them is where the focus of attention has to be. And now me is the focus of attention, where the focus of attention has to be. And we forget that we're in that same system. Right? The system that, that is not an equation of love. Because doing it for them and leaving me out or doing it for me and leaving them out is still a, is still an absence of love mm-hmm. in the sense that it counts. Mm-hmm. And so to have a different orientation, which you're you're projecting, mm-hmm. which implies you know the experience, yes. and therefore you just have to come back to that experience, mm-hmm. is the price of the ticket, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. which I am more than willing to pay. Yes, because we know that, Mm -hmm. right? We know intuitively a way to be because we are that, Mm -hmm. but we forget. And then we seek places that reflect our experience and call us back to that home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and so much that the other realization that came with it was, in the conditioned world, people are more than happy to have you give it all to them and take it all. Yeah. I mean, there is so much uh, good good, uh, good vibes around that. You know, there's so much, yes, give me everything you have. I want you around because you give me everything and you don't ask for anything. Yeah. So in the conditioned world, there's so much support for that. Yeah. And to come here where there is not support for that. <laughs> yeah. Is, is yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, it's a long time since I've been here, and I feel it yeah. again. Yes. I miss it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. We do miss it, don't we? Because I, I, I would project a different way of saying what you're saying. So what you're saying is, in the conditioned realm, interactions with other people support the ego, mm-hmm. which is an absence of an experience of the, of our Buddha nature, right? I experience myself as something other than that. And so in that realm, it's transactional. It's an, it's an exchange of whatever, but it has nothing to do with love. Mm-hmm. And we never say love because it's such a misused word, with unconditional love, which is a process that we're pointing to where attention rests on that that intelligence that animates, that is all-inclusive. Mm-hmm. And so we can have that as a an experiential understanding. That's right. And practice, and practice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just changes the whole thing. It does, it does. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going back now. Mm-hmm. Yes, because we can, we, I would project that your experience would be to connect from a very different place to everybody. Right. Here is where the connection happens, from which all is available mm-hmm. appropriately. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Not from a place of deprivation, not from a place of need, but from a place of being completely fulfilled. And therefore, it spills over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one last quick thing. The, the fear that I, uh, someone told me, I'm afraid you're going to go there and somehow change. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's funny. Uh, a similar experience when I said I was I was going to a monastery. My mom looked at me and said, "Will you still be my daughter?" Mm-hmm. Because what exploring that was how much the assumption of relationship is on need mm-hmm. and obligation and duty and not love mm-hmm. right that love is the, the the experience that is that relates and connects to everything else when the personality dies that doesn't mean that the love goes away mm-hmm. it just strengthens but there's so much worry about that mm-hmm. yeah the ego the, the, the ego of Tom will disintegrate Mm-hmm. But the essence of Tom has always been there, mm-hmm. and that is unchanging, mm-hmm. always available. Yeah. And so it, it is important to recognize that yeah. uh, that as we practice, there is a change, there's a complete transformation, mm-hmm. and therefore what dies or what will change is our karmic relationships. Mm-hmm. They tend to fall away, mm-hmm. and it's gradual. But you know, I no longer hang out with those people because I have nothing in common with them anymore, mm-hmm. and I'm not willing to play that karmic dance with them. I'm not willing to do the karmic dance with them. Mm-hmm. And so the attitude is just, yeah, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Laura. Um, so, with the exercise, uh, it was really fun um, to play with them when the um, exercise to draw it out and, and walking through all the 
sequentially. I think it was really powerful to start with one, and then do two, and then do three. And um, the big, like, I don't know, because it went to this whole conversation around, I've tried those changes before, they never work, you know, all these things. And it was like, well, maybe it's not in the content, right? And so just, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Um, and so when I tried, so the reason why, for me, it was so helpful to do it sequentially um, was uh, to just trust the process. So um, to do to write, what, what does it say, be specific, then make the recording, and then, um, and then when the drawing came, it still was, I don't know, but there was a, an idea, uh, something dropped in, and I just started there. Uh-huh. And then, eventually, it, it all unfolded, right? Uh-huh. With no really specific, um, so to me, there were processes, um, like um, uh, caring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just waited for words to drop in. So yeah. care, uh, it started with quiet, uh-huh. and that was the first word I wrote down. And then just an image of a tree, so I drew that. And then boundaries came in. Uh-huh. And then um, recharge uh-huh. and care. So those became my four cornerstones yeah. with the cushion in the middle. And it just, like I, and then in the middle of the night, like I woke up, I'm like, I love the signs yesterday, you know, the, the signs that point and there's, you know, and so I made little signs, you know. And it just was trusting, like, I didn't have to know. If I just show up with willingness, an open heart, um, it'll it'll all come. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the, the fun one of the fun parts around the uh, the second part of the exercise is doing a recording with outside of. It was really interesting because I was as I was doing it, I was watching the conditioned mind go. Well, it was questioning it, and it was fun to just do it anyways. Yeah. And um, and so what I got to see when I did that was. Um, uh, the part of me here who got to talk about something, a, a way I show up at home, that I didn't realize was outside of the circle of acceptance of um, being um, really a lot of anger and frustration with my partner. And I realized I actually don't record about that a lot at home. And I was like, well, that's really interesting. And it was really uncomfortable. I had to go back and forth several times. And what... Um, and the voices were trying to come up with the answer. And what I got was, uh, the mentor came in and the Buddha had come in and said the, the saying, um, I love you no matter what, and I'll help you be however you want to be. And it was just beautiful. And then watch how guilt tried to come in throughout the night. And just, nope, nope, we're just going to stay with unconditional love. So just the exercise was just brilliant. Yeah. Well, and what I think, I love it. I just love it because... I think what we what what we don't see when we're doing the exercise is the process of doing the exercise is everything is the Buddha, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So there's that place of okay, there's a pattern of I don't know, mm. and because I don't know, I'm not allowed to, right? Right? And so knowing that as a pattern of resistance, but having the willingness to transcend that pattern and just do the exercise and see what. And watching, I don't know, and then just waiting. Because mm. right? I would project from, with all of your practice, right, Laura, that I don't know is a familiar mm. form of being blocked yes. to the intelligence that animates. Yes. And so the willingness to say, not going with that, but I'm just going to sit here mm. and allow the intelligence to tell me. 
Because I don't have to know. Mm-hmm. It knows. All I have to do is to drop everything and wait, and it will tell me. And to develop that relationship with it, right? Mm. And that's what you did. I don't know. Well, I'm not looking to you for answers. Uh Tell me. Mm -hmm. It's a redirect of attention, and there it comes. Mm. Quiet. Mm. Boundaries. Mm. Cushion. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah? Mm -hmm. And so that's, uh, to me, that is, blessed is the knowledge of emptiness. It has absolute and complete knowing for this moment. All I have to do is turn to it. And it will inform me. And I project being in that place of being able to talk to allowed you to do that two-handed recording about another unacceptable part of you which you're not even aware Mm. is is, is not within the circle. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And that is also information from the intelligence. Laura, let's do a two-handed recording mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. place where you're tortured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's a place that I'm tortured, and instead of bringing it into practice, into the circle of awareness, like I go into that, that survival mode, that conditioned identification, and nev- I mean, never saw that. Yeah. I would talk about it, but I was talking from the identification, not from a back position of, of serving the person who's you know, mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, and that's I think where we get religious, right? Mm-hmm. Because at some point, uh, the intelligence that animates decided to bring you here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because in it, we don't have a chance mm-hmm. of seeing it. Right. Right? And so, when it gets to that place that I've suffered enough, mm. the forest will find me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Whoa! Okay. Hang on. We'll come back. So, Mary Jane and then Tom. And then we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess I'm practicing now what? Like... Oh yeah, because um, you're getting in a car and driving back. Is that? Oh it? That, no, no. I guess yes. Or Sherry Lynn had said, "Rather than oh, what's no. next, uh, what's now?" What's kind now? of. I mean, maybe I'm not saying it the right way. So rather than, I, you know, I had plans of what to share uh-huh. in this moment. And I think like got trying it. to be on the same page with you, Mary. Yeah, I mean, I already. I have, my plan when I leave is to go sit in a cafe and write my plan for transition when I get home. So that's at least I'm trying to support myself because there is a lot of fear uh, or ego is telling a lot of stories that this isn't going to stay. Like I feel like I got myself back this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially the compassionate part, of my, that part that sees the being mm-hmm. and who's going through a lot. Yeah. So... I'm really grateful to um, have that presence to be with me, yeah. you know, through this next voice and in my life. You know, just whatever happens in life, it just makes it so much easier or pleasurable or, you know, like you have this being with you. Yeah. So, uh, there, yeah, I'm just glad to have that. Yeah. Well, and, and what I hear you saying, right, Mary Jane, is, is what we sort of touched on with Laura. There's a way in which 
we have to practice. Uh, we have to practice recognizing that I'm not in touch with it, mm-hmm. and therefore I want to put myself in a place which brings me back in touch with it. Yeah. And then I practice staying in touch, yeah. recognizing I'm out of touch. Go back and just keep practicing that. It's what we're talking about with Recon Entertainment. It's a training mm-hmm. process because yeah. oftentimes I think we look at our lives and realize. We're not choosing that, right? Our lives are not set up mm. to make the choice for being with the human being in compassion. Mm. It's a choice that causes us to come come at our lives through identification. And so, yeah, to go go back to that attitude of what now, what mm. now, and how can we do this together? And yeah, and I think the one practice that has really been helping me is when I. Because I've done a lot and you know identified a lot, and the start of the retreat, I could really see it was like it's so hard when you know, even outside of here, I'll know I'm identified, but I'm a little bit stuck. And then I thought, I, when I'm identified, I mean, I don't know if this is always the case, but someone's having a hard time. Yes. Someone's having a hard time, and so they're trying to solve it or they're trying to, yes. and it's like just be with this being. Yes. Who's who's feeling that, you know, the need to kind of, or being caught in ego's grasp. Yeah, yeah and I hear, what I hear you saying, the practice is, is, the training is, is to register someone is having a hard time. Yeah. And for that to signal the ability to bring in the compassion. Yeah, so then to bring in the compassion and be with that, that rather being, rather than, you know, like, yeah. Um, this person doing X and how am I going to solve it and I'm not just surviving like, the situation yeah it's like hey oh, okay well that's a really hard thing to deal with and I'm here and what are our options and let's just sit together and, yeah you know which is why the recorder is so helpful because without that we're not, we have no chance of remembering yeah and I'm so grateful for my recorder mm-hmm. because I think it has, uh, I lost my recordings on my computer because of a backup issue, but I have 500 recordings, turns out, on this recorder, because uh-huh. <laughs> it has like five folders. I don't even know if they make them like this anymore. It's This is the first recorder I brought here uh-huh. 10 years ago, uh-huh. and I and so I was like, oh, I've got my recorder. I look, I've got 500 recordings here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll bring you back. Yeah. Thank you. We have two minutes, Tom. Can you go in two minutes? I can. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. It's meant to be a quick one. Um, uh, Sometimes, and I'm making a conscious effort to speak up right now, because sometimes I become identified with one who is self-spoken, who doesn't want to be heard. in situations like this, public speaking, making a contribution, I'm noticing more and more identification with a voice that says you should contribute, mm-hmm. uh, you should speak up, uh, but then it's, it's, a, it's a war because then the person, the identification comes in that says, well, you need to be profound. <laughs> and and then there's well it's what you have to say really isn't important and so I'm watching this 
Mm-hmm. I'm seeing it. It doesn't happen every time I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing it, and then, and then, and then, the mentor comes in. A mentor is so kind. And he just says to me, it's okay. If you feel like speaking, it's okay. And if you don't feel like speaking, it's totally okay. Yeah. And then ironically, what happens when I come from that place, I want to speak and I want to talk about all this that's going on. It's what we call a practice success. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because... The practice allows you to to artic- the practice of paying attention allows you to articulate that process. Right. Here's ego talking to ego, and it's two sides, two bad choices all the time, right? And then you, the attention moves to okay, well, I'm, if I'm watching that process, I'm actually not identified with either ego voice. I'm identified with that compassion that can that can be with the human being being talked to by these voices. And from that place of having embraced that human being in compassion, the intelligence that animates can speak. And it has nothing to do with whether it's profound or not, or whether it's a contribution or not, or whether you're contributing or not. It's simply the expression. Mm -hmm. And I think what we come to eventually is that that entire system is, is simply there to squelch any life force from uniquely expressing itself. Mm-hmm. Which is why you have to speak. Mm-hmm. Not you should speak, mm-hmm. but you do speak. Mm-hmm. That, that the impulse always arises from intelligence. Mm-hmm. That says, I have something to say, and we honor that. Instead of honoring what negates that. Yeah. And it's that experience. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.